All right, everyone, welcome back to episode 111 of the 580 show. Myself, Frawley, Dante. What's up, boys? Good morning, gentlemen. Good freaking morning. 111 weeks straight. No sign of stopping anytime soon. Um, I, I think we got a really good episode uh, in for everyone this week. Um, little couple 580 updates. Um New horsepower, little updated site section on the site coming soon, and just an overall new website. Um, I kind of realized our website, if you've ever looked at 580barbell.com, the only real update we've made in the past two years has been just the horsepower. Right. And like, so everything like pictures, um, information, everything is from 2020 with the, when we first opened. And uh, a lot has changed especially physically to the location. We probably have 20 new machines, a full new dumbbell set, more racks, more bars, 40 foot more of turf. Um, you guys get the gist of it. And so just updating that and just kind of um, explaining to people, one thing I run into a lot is that, yes, we're 24-7, 365, but to members, we are 24-7, 365. So a trend that has been happening recently is people look at the website, they see we're 24-7, and they show up at 3 in the morning expecting someone to be there, you know, at the front desk. And the, and and that's not their fault. Some people don't understand how a barbell club works, and I can't, you know, expect everyone to understand that. So just trying to get it on the same page. So be on the lookout in the next week or so, hopefully for a fully revamped, uh, you know, 580 site. Um, but yeah, do you guys have anything? I mean, in strongman 580, before I get into some topics I wanted to talk about this week, not a lot. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I talked with you guys a little bit yesterday about it. I watched the Bricktown Showdown yesterday, it was the USS Pro Show, it was live stream on YouTube. So, um, the presentation looked really good, seemed like there was actually pretty good level of competition there. Um, I I thought they did an awesome job. It seemed like it took a while, but I think whenever you really I, they only really had one one competitor going at a time, so it took a little while to get through the show. But it really wasn't too long though. I think maybe five six hours, which overall is not terrible. Yeah, so, that yeah that's um, pretty the good. presentation. The presentation looked awesome, so I, I commend that. That that looked really cool. Um. The live stream was really good. They had commentary that was uh, they kept up with all the events all day long. Um, yeah, it was a pretty good presentation. And then Britain's Strongest Man was yesterday, but mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to watch any of it. So pretty yeah, sure Adam Bishop saw, won I that just one. Saw the, yeah, I just saw the results. I didn't yeah. see. I didn't watch any of it. I will say, like, I was thinking about it actually, probably when I was watching, because I watched about maybe an hour or so of the Bricktown uh, showdown yeah. yesterday. Yeah. And you actually touched on something I wanted to talk about with it is I think there's a give and take to it. Like um, their presentation was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, it looked really um, good. I think sometimes it's better to run a show in six hours, seven hours. Yep. If you're going to, if you're having this awesome presentation, like there's a lot of cool stuff I took from that live stream that I think we can learn from and implement moving forward, you know, in the future, like in between events, like I really liked what we did with the, 
uh, December show, like just having like a screen and say like showing them like what was coming up next. But they had commentators and um, they would scroll Iron Podium like they would have three screens and they'd be scrolling Iron Podium and they would be like, OK, so then the commentators are getting like a real time perspective to communicate with the people listening like, oh, you know, that first place finish from Jason Frawley bumped him up to second, you know, right. and he's got, you know, and they were just able to kind of like, even in the downtime react and, and respond to what was going on in real time, even with nothing actually going on at the show. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Um, I thought their presentation looked really cool. It looked to be in maybe like a convention center or yeah, something like, so, you know, something like that with high ceilings. I mean, they had to have high ceilings with the bag toss, but yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But no, that was really cool. I, I think it's yeah. awesome. I think it's awesome to see. Um, and that's a pro show, but it's right. not a show like Britain's Strongest Man or, right. you know, one of these huge right. shows. I think it's so cool to see all these shows starting to adopt the live stream approach. Yeah. Even if you don't use a professional streaming service like ADL, like, you know, just just give people something to watch. And and uh, I think it's really cool. So. There was yeah, a that decent, was, wasn't there a awesome. decent payout too? Was there? I think so. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know what the payouts look like. Too, Neither do I. But I'm pretty sure that I think yeah, it started at seven fifty for like first place or something. Okay, that's. I, cool. I do know that they had cash prizes. Now the they also did event wins. If you if you want an event, you got to check too. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so, awesome. That's pretty cool. That's I, really cool. I should say I don't remember if it was each individual event or if it was specifically the Iowa Stone. Which was that was cool. They had a Husafel carry for max distance, but it was actually the Iowa Stone because it was in Iowa, like the shape yeah. of the state, but a Husafel. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, that was one. That was one of the few events I got to watch. Yeah, that was that was awesome. I if I believe the pro guys, theirs was pretty damn heavy. It was three fifty. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty, pretty heavy. heavy. Yep. Um, but yeah, overall great show. I don't even know who ran it, but great job to whoever ran it because I tuned in for a little bit. I it actually commented on the. The too. barbell, the gym that put it on was earned, not given barbell. Hmm. So, yeah, that's cool. Well, um, yeah, any, I mean, 580, nothing really going on, just waiting for um, upcoming stuff. We're still training for the Arnold, yeah. um, you know, and, and uh, that's really it. We'll probably talk about the Arnold almost every episode, leading into it now, just because I noticed from nationals, like when we, we were leading into nationals, we were talking about it every week, and we started to, grow people who were prepping for nationals because they could relate to us sure so do the same for the arnold because i had a couple people reach out and said they were enjoying it the last couple weeks so yeah i'm excited dante you feeling good for the arnold i'm feeling better every time i'm really just kicking my butt with conditioning right now so yeah i feel like yeah. every time it's gonna get pretty once it comes down to the meat and potatoes of the actual event it's gonna translate pretty well yeah, they um actually I guess one thing we could talk about was they um updated the odd object load. Yes, yes they did this week. So we actually competitors for the first time, we don't have to speculate and guess and it's pretty unique and I understand it from a logistics standpoint. I think it's really smart what they're doing. So like Dante and I load the same Husafel, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and like the same hydrant and the same cube, but like they're in different orders in our medley. Right. Um, so I think they just do that to have like some, to just help with logistics, I would assume. Yep. But yeah, they're, the implements are a Mauser block, 
a keg, a sandbag, a fire hydrant, a I don't know how to say the cube, a basic bo, boss cube. Boss cube, I think. Um, a Husafel and a Hazara stone for the heavyweights uh, only, the open only. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, really, really interesting odd object. And we know that we don't have to actually run with it. It's just right at the platform. Um, so, yeah. Um, to, tough, to, tough event to train and to replicate, obviously, identically. But it's, a, it's an odd object load for sure. I think they accomplished what they wanted some uh some pretty heavy weights in there like i have to load a 320 husafel that's pretty heavy yeah that bass the basque stone will be interesting too or the basque cube what's the height you guys are loading to 48, 48 isn't it 48 yeah inches. so 40 48 is a lot more manageable yeah um especially with something like a husafel getting to the bottom of a husafel without a load yeah yeah it'd be, it's pretty I, i've never done it but i mean it so, seems like it would be pretty difficult which is I, I don't know. I kind of I kind of like that. Like I like the uniqueness of the objects. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, I I think in in Dante, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the power keg was the only one that we were rec we were required to stand upright on the platform. I, I, believe, didn't, I didn't look too into that, but it might. Be I the believe case. all the other implements were allowed to just be loaded, like a Husafel. You can load, and it can sure. fall over, whatever. But the power keg is the only one that we are required to actually stand up upright on the platform. Yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, it is. I think I think a lot of competitors that finish this are going to get good points. Sure, but I feel, like I, I feel like that's the way for most of these events, dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think. Um, I think the farmers is going to be a full out sprint in my class. Um, I, th I don't think there's going to be many that don't finish it, but, uh, but yeah, there's, there's some, some tough events, tough events at the Arnold, but really excited to see everyone there. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to talk about the odd objects real quick. Cause that was some news we got. We should be getting the um, mystery event here in, at the end of February, right? Middle 18th, end of February. 18th, I think. 18th of February. I think I think it might be a squat. That's my guess. I don't think. Well, I they did that I, last year. Yeah, he, I don't I know. Don't, I don't think it'll be a deadlift, just because we're doing power stairs after that, and we do fat back yeah. deadlifts day one. Maybe so. a yoke. I don't know. We'll see. It's in my opinion, it'll be something. The mystery event will be something like cool, visually pleasing, because it's up on the main stage. Right. What about so you're not going to do something like boring and it doesn't look like look at power stairs and circus. They're both pretty cool events to watch. Yep. Um, you know, so I, I would imagine it's going to be something that's cool for fans to watch because it's up on the main stage. Maybe but, maybe like a sandbag. sandbag toss. Toss? Yeah, I maybe. But who knows? I if, if you have an idea, comment on the video and let us know what you think it is. I'm curious. I'm curious what we would be leaving out and what we you know, might just be obviously missing. So, yeah. Um, anything else in the strongman world? Uh, just recent news, anything like that? I just want to get into, like, what you guys are doing right now in prep. Like, what's your prepping look like? You're about five weeks out, six weeks out. Like, what are some things that you guys are doing to maintain your workload, maintain your body, keeping your body healthy? And, like you know, how's your rest look? Like, is there anything specific you guys are doing to try to stay, stay on your tip top game for the remainder of prep? I'll let, I'll let Dante speak on it as well, but 
what I really start to do now that we're getting closer to a contest is I dial my nutrition in. Dante and I both uh, compete in weight class classes, so we we want to make sure our cuts on point and we're not overcutting and obviously we're not missing weight. Um, and as far as training, um, the only real thing that changes for me, I think, is just the frequency and the volume of doing the events. Um, I'm doing the events a lot more. I'm pressing twice a week on a specific implement. I'm doing all the other qualifying events and I'm touching the finals events just to stay sharp in case I do make the finals. Um, and that's pretty much a long story short, you know, um, and like I said, it, it ties into a topic that this ties into a topic I want to talk about, but I'm curious what Dante has to say about his training as well as we're getting closer. Yeah, I just had a meeting with my coach the other day, and we're just going over some final touches right now for this block of training, which is basically like conditioning and technique work. Um, then we're going to slowly transition to putting some more heavier weight in before the final couple of weeks, and really just dial in the events. That's pretty much how it is. As far as nutrition, yeah. as far as nutrition goes, um, I'm doing pretty good right now. I woke up at 254. I obviously let myself go after the last competition, but I usually always do that and have to go into the same caloric deficit I usually go into, but weight's coming off faster this time. It seems like every time I do these cuts, it just comes off a lot faster. So feeling very confident. Hopefully I don't have to sweat this time, but if we have to sweat, we do what we got to do. And you know, like Froley, it is a, it's a really hard question to answer because it always depends on what does that athlete need? Like, Okay, what going into this contest, like, is this athlete looking at like doing like reps with an implement, or is he looking to just get one rep? So, like, if it's an athlete that may be like weaker um, on these weights or this specific event, you may never touch contest weights until the contest. But then, some people, if you're really good in an event, you may overload and touch, you know, 110% of the contest weights. And so, you know, you know what I mean? Yep. So, um, yep. obviously, you know, obviously it varies per person and, and what that event is, but I, yeah, yeah this is going to be like, I think the heaviest show I've ever done, probably the heaviest show oh, for yeah, you too, which Josh, it should, so, which it should be. So like, sure. we're definitely getting that aspect of things like yeah. what it feels like to actually prep and do a higher level show. Is there yeah. anything like specific that you guys do though, that's focused on like recovery that you might go a little bit more like uh, i started I doing know. i started doing yoga okay and i do like ice baths in the mornings to, yeah. just I don't, to see just to see if that will help a little bit but other than that honestly i don't business I don't as usual anything yeah that's kind of how i am too i was just curious you know like because this is when you're starting to get in the meat and potatoes right like this is the toughest part of prep is pretty much right now yeah. so if there's you know any little tips and tricks and I mean, yeah. you really should be practicing those things to help you recover all the time, right? right. It shouldn't just be, just be whenever prep ramps up. So, but yeah, yeah, I like to go for walks. I like to go for walks a lot and just like stay active. Like even on my rest days, just go for a 30 minute walk. Just so like we all get caught up in work and everyone has their jobs and stuff. And you may be more like just, just seated all day. So just getting that like walk in is something as simple as that. Um, that helps me a lot. Sure. Um, uh, it, it you guys actually both so probably when you brought it up and then Dante talked about talking to his coach is a topic I want to talk about that ties perfectly into it is just trusting your coach. Yeah. So 
I just think that um, this is such an important topic. I talked to someone at the gym about this before training yesterday for probably like 30 minutes, and we're talking about how much we enjoy our coaches and just how far buying in goes. I think buying in and believing in your coach goes such a long way. If I, if I truthfully, in my mind, believe in what I'm doing and believe in the person that's helping me do it, I think that goes so long. I think that goes so far. Like, Absolutely. Um, there's no special secret formula. I think it's just putting the work in. Obviously, train. There's there's smarter ways to train, yes. but but believing. If you don't believe in your coach and like you're always questioning it, you know, you're gonna have a hard time. Mm-hmm. And um, and just being on the same page with your coach. Uh, put it this way: you have your coach for a reason, right? Like you have them for a reason. You hired them, whether it's, you know, you, you wanted whatever. You just believe in them, trust them. If something is uh, in your mind wrong, just talk to them. Just talk to them. And uh, that's really what I wanted to say about that. It, it's awesome. I know on my behalf, I know Dante is, we have coaches that we believe in and we can communicate with 24 seven. I, I know it's helped me over these last like year and a half. Like it's helped me just completely evolve as a strongman athlete. Sure. Yeah takes the stress off of life. I, I, I don't doubt that 90% of people are capable of coaching for themselves that have been in, that have been in training sports for two years or plus, mm-hmm. but it's not always advantageous. You overthink, you overanalyze, you uh, stress, you try to overprogram for yourself because you're overthinking it and being able to just shut your brain off and, and do what your coach tells you is the best feeling ever. And that's when I've gotten my best results. So that was just something I wanted to talk about real quick. You know, I don't know your guys' thoughts on it. No, I fully, I fully support that. That's all right. Yeah. You pay a coach for a reason. So, right. Yeah. It's, know, listen to it's, it's funny, you know, even with me coaching people, they're like, Oh, I did this instead of this. It's like, okay. You know, like, Hey, sorry. Like you don't have to be sorry to me. Like yeah, I'm doing on paper, I'm putting on paper, what I think is the best plan for you. Right. And if you wanted to do a single or whatever, that's fine. You know, yeah. that's a hundred percent fine. Um, but you know, that's not what I had programmed for you. Uh, you know, don't apologize to me because on that Saturday that you're competing, exactly. it's not going to be me up there. Nope. You know, it's going to be you. Um, right. and, you know, people, people tend to blame their coach sometimes, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think, I think the one thing you said too, you know, Talking with your coach and providing feedback is not necessarily being confrontational, right? Like I think oh. people, I think a lot of people think like, well, if they question their coach on anything on why they're doing things like it's considered, well, it, it's the coach's rules. Well, like you still need to provide adequate feedback to your coach. Like yes. if you have something going on or something that like doesn't feel right or um, you know, whether it's pain, whether it's a movement just isn't, meshing and gelling the way that it should be you have to communicate that because there's no way to remedy it if you don't say anything right a hundred percent you gotta say it right and i think there's a right and wrong way to do it right sure like don't be a dick don't be a dick like well if you're my coach and you had me doing kozak squats and i'm like man like it it feels like my knee is gonna freaking just fall out like tell like you're to the point where it's like you're clearly doing you're either doing it wrong or you have an injury obviously if you're hurting 
to the point where you're injured or or it's something that is is um actually uh affecting your training you need to say that to your coach don't try yes. to be that tough guy or girl that's like oh I, you know i'm hardcore i'm a strength athlete like speak up because your coach online coaching is tough because they're right. it's online they're not there with you you right. know like um so yeah but, but don't be confrontational just say hey now if they're ignoring you it's probably time to find a new coach yeah you know any anytime i've taken on a new athlete uh here recently the first thing i do is ask them if they have any injuries right yeah that's to. that's the number one thing i ask because you you have to know um and everyone's in a different part of their journey and you, the last thing you want to do is hurt someone right. so yeah i i having a, a a open line of communication with you and your coach is such an important thing and be a good client be coachable and that's going to go so long so far you know in your coaching whether they use an excel sheet they use an app leave notes yeah like i know personally when i sit down for my weekly like uh programming having notes go so far like oh you know you know, hey, you know, I was supposed to hit a triple with this weight, but for whatever reason, I can only hit a double. Okay, maybe it's time to deload, or maybe it's time to dial back a little bit, or you know, send me a video of it. Maybe you just it was a technical breakdown. Be transparent with your coach. That goes a very long way. That's a great point, Frawley. Um, you know, another another topic. This might be controversial a little bit, but there was something today, and there's a post by a strongman and. I don't know their full name, but it was a great, great, great post. I'm going to DM them after this and tell them I talked about this a little bit. But what do you guys think the qualifications to run a, a strongman competition should be? It's a good question. Yeah. It, it's a great question, and it's there's no right or wrong answer. This is just an open forum uh, for it. But, you know, it is crazy to me that anyone can run a contest. And, and trust me, that is not me talking down on people. It's not. Um, I just uh, – we're in a sport where you can severely hurt yourself um, and, you know, hurt other people. And you may have 100% full great intentions, yeah. you know, a heart of gold. But you just don't know how something's going to happen. And you can get someone seriously injured. Um, and you know, I like the idea of a requirement has to be approved by your state chair and a state yes. chair has to be there because yes. if I, I, I think the requirement should be that a state chair or a deemed qualified representative from the Federation USS or strongman corp should have to be on site. Great. I think that's a hundred percent. And I don't know enough if that is – I know with Strongman Corp, that's the that's the deal because I'm, I'm involved with as a state chair with them. I don't know with USS. I would hope that that is the deal. It probably is. But I think that's a bare minimum. There should be – and they should have to approve, sign off, you know, all the bells and whistles of each event. I mean, does that go on now where people are hosting shows without a representative there? I don't know. That's, I just don't know. I'd be curious if that was the case because there's there's got to be somebody there's got to be somebody there that represents the organization. I would think. I mean, if there you is, hope so. should, I feel like that would be that should be commonplace. 
I agree. I agree. I just like I've received as a state chair like weight matrices that were just clearly just not correct. And and there's no standardization in strongman, so correct may not be the best word, but they may not be um, uh, up to current standards. They may not they may not be appropriate the weights sure you know like they're mm-hmm. either going to be way too heavy or just extremely too light usually they're uh-huh. just extremely too light right and you know 99 percent of the time the director is like oh, okay you know i just didn't know um you know they're not familiar with a certain class and they change it but you know there's those hard-headed people out there that want it their way and and uh but yeah i was just that that had just come to my mind I think I think on the flip side, you don't want to tell people no about hosting competitions. Oh, a hundred percent. Because if somebody so... wants to, you want to help them. Yes, and obviously unsanctioned, there's nothing you can do. Um, you know, you just hope that yeah. the, the this unsanctioned person and you know a lot of people don't like federations, but one of the beauties behind federations is that it is supposed to uphold standards. Sure. You know, like you're paying for that membership fee, which everyone knows sucks. But, but you, but in return, you are competing under a actual business, um, that has standards. Um, they have records, they have qualified judges, they have a qualified meet director. And so, so in theory with those federations, um, your overall experience is supposed to be better. You know what I mean? So that's the the give and take of, you know, paying that membership fee is that that meat director has more, um, uh, just more tools at their disposal. Sure. They can lean on people. Um, and you know, but if you're doing an unsanctioned show, just know what you're getting into. A lot of unsanctioned shows are great, but just, just do your homework. That's all I would say. I'm not ever going to discourage people from doing a unsanctioned, you know, a show at all, but you're, you're hundred percent right. Strongman is more available than ever, and I don't. I'm never going to discourage someone from doing it. I just, right. I want every. I just worry about lifter safety. Yeah, you want everybody to be safe too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that was just. There's a, a great question. post about it, and it was just such a great question. Yep. Like what? Like, just every once in a blue moon, maybe once a quarter, once a, two times a year, something like that. I'll see an event, and you're like, man, like. How did this slip through the cracks? And I'm never going to call it out on a public level. Like, I'm not here to bash anyone, you know, right. ever. Because right. I'm not perfect. I may, you know, I'm, yep. I've am i learned a lot through trials and, 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 and tribulations at shows, running shows. Um, but it's just like, man, it's just, you scratch your head and you're like, how, how many people did this get past? Yeah. You know, like, I, I think I'm lucky in the sense that I've got a lot of people around me that, like, if I want to do a dumb event, you guys would be like, nah, we're not dead. It's like we did. Okay, so the perfect example is we actually have a real life example. You know what I'm talking yes. about, Frawley? Right? Yep. I already know where you're going so, with it. Yeah. So our first year as a gym, we did an in-house show called 580 Strongest, and we had 15, 18, 20 people compete, and it wasn't. It was a gym show only. It wasn't. It was wasn't sanctioned. It was just a fun day. It was essentially yep. our Christmas party, to be honest, and um. So the way we did it was we did a random drawing for all four. Mm-hmm. It was four events. So we wanted a press, a deadlift, I think a medley, and a, a random mystery event. And 
So we did overhead, and we're we're live on the podcast. And Atlas Stone Press came, was the one that got selected. And you know we're live recording the podcast, so I think internally we're all like, "Shit, you know that sucks." Yeah. Like we should, in hindsight, we shouldn't even have put it in, right? You know, but it right. got selected, and then we put it in the thing, and then we got to thinking. I think you know very quickly after. Trying it a little bit, like we can't do it. <laughs> we can't, we do, can't do Atlas Stone Press. Like we just cannot do Atlas, especially Stone not Press. for new people. Mm-hmm. Yes, and like even just in general, like trying to press a stone, and it, it's just you're bang for your buck. It's just it wasn't worth it. So we tried it, talked to all of us, and we made the decision. Like no, it's just way better to do log. So we switched yep. it to log, and like like I said, I'm lucky that to have you guys and other people around. It's like, this just doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah. So that's, you know, that's what I think about it. But, but yeah, just, it was just such a great post. And I just, sometimes I'm just scrolling on Instagram and I just see someone's post. that's in strongman. And I'm like, wow, I want to talk about that on the pod. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here we are. I actually saw another thing on the, on Instagram scrolling with Anthony Oliveira. And if you don't if you don't follow powerlifting and you only follow strongman, Anthony Oliveira was a top powerlifter at Westside. Um, he owns a company called Trigger Warning Conjugate. He coaches. Honestly, Anthony is one of the greatest people I've met in strength sports. And I, I'm lucky to say that I've got to meet him in person three or four times probably. Um, and I actually got to sit down with him and – he did dude just cares and he cares about powerlifting only. I actually, when I first opened a gym, I asked Anthony if he'd help me with strongman coaching. And he said, no, you know, I, I only, I only focus in powerlifting. You know, that's just not my lane. So he's intelligent enough to say, you know, I don't understand enough about strongman. I want to stay in my own lane of powerlifting. But he went on a huge rant on his podcast about powerlifting and the toxicity in it. And strongman's the exact same way. We all know that. Um, I think 99.9% of people are great Mm -hmm. and amazing. I think that's with anything, you know, Frawley, you're newer to strongman too. And, and, uh, and the one thing that people always say, and it irks me is like, strongman is so nice. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so friendly, which it is. It's so much friendlier in powerlifting, but I, that wasn't, that's not what I've found. I think they're both equally friendly and everyone cares the same. Maybe you had a bad experience at a powerlifting meet. Um, but, you know, I think powerlifting and strongman are both super friendly and super – everyone's there to help each other and be friends and because you've all struggled through the same thing. Right. Now, you get those random hardos at anything. It's strongman, powerlifting. But long way of saying, Anthony went on this rant about powerlifting and how much he cares about it and if you don't love powerlifting then he wants you out of the sport and he i feel the exact same way about strongman i think 99.9 percent of people are great people they're positive they're awesome sure we get caught up in the heat of competing you know you get frustrated you may throw your belt down or something that happens that happens in anything when you're competing but i feel the same way like if you don't actually like strongman like you don't enjoy it. We joke all the time at the gym, like, you know, strongman suck. But I love strongman and I love strength sports. And and I think like people that hate it, genuinely hate it, like you're just making the sport toxic. 
Sure. And like, I think that's like, I don't know why someone would ever want to do something that they hate and they, they just sit there and they bash and they don't want to involve, like evolve that sport to a, to a new level. You know? And I think it's sad because you see these people probably you're, you don't have Facebook, but like strolling, <laughs> starting strong, man, you know, you'll see a post and it's, it's a new guy. You know, like I'm talking really new, maybe done strongman for three months. And he says something and it's like, would I ever say that? No, but this person doesn't know better. You know, it's just, right. a, it's just mm-hmm. a uninformed opinion that they have. And, you know, you see 10 comments and everyone's like, Hey man, you know, it's actually done this way. Or, Hey man, you know, it's actually right. this, this, and it's all super helpful people jumping to it. And then you have that one guy like, man, what an idiot. Like, it's like, dude, this guy's 20 years old. He's never been to a strongman comp. Like, just help. Like, why do you need to be a dick to this yeah. person? Yeah, you know I don't. I, mean? I, don't like, I never understood that why people can't just go out of their way to just just correct somebody. And you could correct somebody like, like, hey man, I know you had a question about this, but I just wanted to reach out to you and see if I could help you understand this a little bit better. Like, you yeah. can. You people think like just because someone posts something on on a social media forum that like they're they're attacking them as a person. Why can't you right. just reach out to the person and say, hey, man, you know, I saw you post that, but I just wanted to talk with you a little bit about it and see if I can clarify some things for you. Like, it's not that right. big of a deal. It's it's normal communication. You would yeah. do the same thing in person. Yeah, I DM more people than I have commented on posts. That's what like, I mean. It's like, hey, man, you know, my name's Josh. Like, I compete in Strongman. Um, you know, this is, this is, you know, don't don't worry about people's negative comments. Like, this is how it's done. And that's, yeah, it. that's like, it. People spend so much energy being negative. And I look, I'm so thankful for people 10, 15 years ago in the sport that we're doing parking lot comps and yeah. we're, we're driving eight hours to their local meet because that was the closest meet. Mm-hmm. But dude, times are changing. And if you want the sport to stay that way, like, I think that's really sad. I think that's really sad. Like I, I, I want more people in it. I want to keep growing the sport and I want to make the sport um, more of it, more available um, to everyone, to everyone. And that's our goal, you know, and it, it's just sad. People stuck in 2000 with strongman. It's really sad, sure. you know, mm-hmm. just cause it, just cause it doesn't matter. There's a viral post on viral for our niche thing, but um, I forget who posted it too, but I know Andrew Clayton re- responded to it. And he's like, don't be this person. It was someone saying they were talking about, they got, they caught themselves saying like, Oh, strongman doesn't matter. This doesn't matter anymore because just, because just cause it doesn't matter to you anymore. To you, exactly. Doesn't mean it doesn't matter to that first time strongman competitor or the person that's still super passionate about. It. So don't bring people down yeah. just cause you're bitter and you don't love it anymore like that's so toxic like sure just encourage people you know what i mean that's yeah that's it strongman doesn't matter in the the the, whether it's strongman powerlifting whatever whatever it is in life like if you've fallen out of interest to something it doesn't matter to you anymore it's not people who do like it doesn't it doesn't mean they don't that it doesn't matter to them Mm -hmm. right right and that's what it boils down to yeah who are you to tell anyone in exactly. the world that exactly. something what doesn't matters. matter? Yep. Because, just because it doesn't matter to you. I'm not going to – look, next to our gym, there's a model train club. Yeah, Guys right. do what we do on Saturdays. They go and they do yep. model trains. Yep. I don't bash in there and like, dude, you guys are stupid. Model trains don't matter. 
because they're not coming down to strongman and be like, look, lifting these rocks doesn't matter. <laughs> like, yeah, those those you. train guys probably don't give a shit about strongman. And I don't give a shit about trains, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't matter to me, you know, and, and vice versa. So yep. I, you can pick up the theme if you're listening this week that uh, I picked up a lot on Instagram this week. Just through, yeah. I just thought there was really good comments. I think there's there's some really good topics on yep. Instagram and stuff. Um, and yeah, I, I I like I like picking up stuff like that. And it's great topics. People smarter than me, like Anthony, you know, talking about stuff like that. I thought it was a great rant. But yeah, I mean, I don't really have much else to talk about. I mean, I'm not gonna get into the USPA stuff. That's not my Hello. lane to talk about. Nope. Uh, that's a, that's a rabbit hole. I know people have have dm me personally taught like dude what's going on is horrible i'm not as involved in powerlifting anymore but right. that doesn't mean that i'm not um disavowing aware. it yeah. I, I'm, I'm aware we're, i'm we're disavowing aware. all those negative all of that stuff yes and uh i think it's horrible but i you know i'm just not well read enough into it to uh you know to do a full podcast episode about it and we our lane's really strong man so um, but yeah, it, horrible stuff, obviously. But, um, you guys have anything else you want to talk about this week? I don't think so, man. We yeah, got we... the, we got the, the regional, right? Sign up. Yeah. Battle at the bridge, sign up. Deadlift championship, sign up. Yeah. Polar Express 2 will be live in the summer sometime. <laughs> I got, oh, so everyone that's asked me about the weight matrix, I will, I'll try to do the weight matrix like by next weekend for battle the bridge and, and regionals. It's just, I need to, I'm going to put a couple stones. We don't have, I'm going to put the estimated weight in there for it. Just so people can stop DMing me about it. Um, and then I'll, I'll finalize the bridge. Like hopefully by like next Saturday or something like that, get some more people trying it out and everything. I just don't want to throw BS numbers and then change them anyway. And then I, gotta, I just got to make another meme about you with the skeleton saying, wait, <laughs> it's That'll just get you motivated. It it is just wild how many people want to know <laughs> the exact weight six months out. Right. I mean, I'm not trying to – it's just be patient. I mean, that just holds I, – I don't know. I like to see the weights before I sign up for a show. That's me personally, but I know, I know what yeah, you're but, talking about you, as well. But you, you know what they're going to be roughly. Yeah. Yeah, you can throw a dart and guess. Like, I'm not going to have a 175-pound dude do a 900-pound deadlift. <laughs> like, you, yeah, you know on, what Josh. I mean? Like, you're going you're gonna to have – a pretty yeah. damn good idea, but yeah. Anyway, Twenty-two I'll, inch I'll, deadlift, I'll, Josh. Nine hundred pounds. No, we we had a we had a decent amount of signups. I think we're almost at twenty for each event right now. So cool. forty signed up to compete on June twenty-fourth. You know, cool. And then uh, almost twenty at the five eighty deadlift championships too. So yeah. no matter what your thing is, um, I I would really like to see the five eighty deadlift championships get to a hundred people, like in a like. Actually, at that day, 100 people there deadlifting. I think sure. that would be so cool. So, yeah, sign up for our events, uh, buy some horsepower, um, and, yeah, uh, comment on the video. Let us know what else you want to talk about. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, and uh, we'll see you guys all next week for episode 112. Peace. Later.